Welcome to the C12 Podcast. My name is Matt, and today we have a guest speaker with us, Yona, who is on the worship team here at 12 Stone, and he will be speaking on the difference between believing in Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus. We hope that you are encouraged and guided by today's message. What's up, C12? Hey, Justin. Man, that was a little weak. What's up, C12? Hey, man. Hey, let me just say, this is the first time I'm usually up here uh, singing, and this is the first time I get to sit with you guys, or stand with you guys, and sing, and can y'all just give it up for, like, just the worship culture in this place? Like, man, Jesus is in the room. Let me tell you, like, I, I believe that the presence of God breaks out in a place where there's people who are passionate about his presence, right? Like, and you guys come in here every week, and you're passionate about Jesus, you're passionate about his presence, and it's, it's contagious, like, I'm praying for breakthrough, and like I'm engaging worship in ways I've never done it before, and I'm just, I'm like, how can I teach after that? <laughs> but um, anyways, hey, if you're new here, um, I know this might seem weird, right? Like, I was thinking about that too. Like, if this is your first time in a church setting, or if you're first, it's your first time in C12, and you're like, people are screaming, people are clapping, like they're jumping up and down, like what, what's the point of that? It's like, man, first of all, just know that we're in love with Jesus, right? Yeah. And we believe that Jesus changes everything. Do you guys believe that? Come on. And so there's a reason why we're passionate and we're a little weird and a little crazy sometimes. It's because we have met this man called Jesus that offered us eternal life and forgiveness of sin. And like, we don't deserve it when we sing about it, right? And so, um, so if you're new with us, that's just who we are. We, we love Jesus. And so I hope you can come back and hopefully um, the word of God will minister to your hearts. But anyways, um, God, I'm so glad to be here. So glad to be here. Heather is not here today, so um, we're going to have some fun tonight, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but we will have some fun. I just want to, man, when she asked me to come and teach, um, I was kind of nervous at first, but then I'm like, you know what, Lord, whatever you want to say to C12 tonight, um, it's, it's from your word. I can't really mess up God's word, right? I can just kind of like talk about it, and if you agree with something, say amen. Um, if you, you know, <laughs> that's right. If you want to write something down, man, get your phone out, get a little pad out, something, right? I think it's, we, we learn and we grow the more we're intentional about um, God's word and keeping it in our hearts. So um, I pray that that ministers to you today. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Yona, which is, uh, yeah, woo, um, which is short, it, Yona is short for Jonathan, which is a uh, Spanish way of saying Jonathan, which is not my name, <laughs> but, um, but I did go by Jonathan for a long time, and don't ask me why. I think I just wanted to make it easier for people to say my name. You know what I mean? Like, just call me Jonathan. But then I was like, you know what? No, that's not my name. That's not my name. Sorry, I'll, I'll burst into song randomly. I'll burst into song randomly. So if you can't say Jonathan, just say Yona. And you can say with this American accent, Yona, that's fine. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, as you can tell by my name, I'm not from the United States. I'm from the country of Venezuela. Oh, come on. Um, any Latinos out there? Yeah, come on. Um, sorry, I got excited. So, yeah, and I have to say country of Venezuela because when I first came to the United States, I was in fifth grade, I was 11 years old. Could barely speak any English. And I remember just telling people, like people would ask me, hey, where are you from? You know, I learned like, how are you, hello, things like that. And I, I learned, where are you from? And people would ask me where I was from and I'd say, I'm from Venezuela. And usually I get something like, oh, that's cool. So like, what part of Mexico is that from? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, not from Mexico. Um, it's actually a country in a whole different continent. But anyways, that's a whole different story, right? Um, yeah, Venezuela, I was there till I was like 11. Then I came here. 
And uh, just for another reason that just, you know, maybe you don't know me, so I want to show you a picture of my family. I think somebody behind me. My family right there, beautiful family. Um, that's Liam right there, my boy. Um, he loves baseball. He's eight. Yeah. He plays first base, y'all. And he started pitching today. And actually, I wish I could have brought that video in because it's, it's pretty great. <laughs> I'm not biased, but I'm, I'm kidding. I am. Um, he loves Pokemon, loves Beyblades. I heard somebody around here earlier say that they, like, did Beyblade still a thing? Like, has it been a thing for a long time? Wow. Yeah, I thought it was recent. I grew up with Pokemon, so anyways. Um, that's Abby, and she's five. Look at that face. Um, Abby loves um, princesses, dressing up, makeup. Um, she loves gymnastics, that's playing pretend. She also loves pretending she's good at gymnastics, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's my beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous wife right there. Of course, any preacher has to say that, right? And uh, mine, in this case, is absolutely true. So um, she is uh, my bride. Sorry, I keep standing in front of the, the screen. Um, yeah, she's uh, my superhero, y'all. She's actually in nursing school, and uh, she'll, finish, she'll finish in December. And let me tell you, we have two kids, all right? We're actually going to be married for 10 years and four days. Yeah, that's crazy. And so um, she's in nursing school. She'll be done in December. She'll probably help deliver some of your babies in the next 10 years. I don't know um, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but hey, listen, I'm t when I tell you she's my superhero, she really is. She's in nursing school full time in her last year, which means she's doing clinical. So she's doing schoolwork and doing clinicals. And she's also working part time night shift as a patient care tech. And um, yeah, she's incredible, y'all. And when I tell you, like, nursing is a calling, any, any first responders in here? N nursing, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Let me tell you guys, that is a calling in ministry on its, on its own. Like, when I, when I get home sometimes at night and I'm talking to my wife, put the kids to bed, <clears throat> and we ask, hey, uh, we ask each other, like, how was your day? You know, what did you do today? I always ask it kind of nervous because... <laughs> Seriously, man, like she'll tell me some weird stories, y'all. Not only in things she reads about, like, like, you know, when you're in school, they always give you like the worst cases, right? The worst hernia or whatever. Like, um, some, like and I'm like, I don't want to see pictures. Don't show me that. Um, and, but she, you know, she also does clinical. So she works with kids and old people and surgery people. And I mean, it's just all over the place and tells me the crazy stories. But she also works at night. So like, she had, from three different sources, she's telling me all these different stories. And I'll be honest with you guys. Sometimes I, I look at her, and I'm like, are you, are you joking with me right now? Like, are you, are you lying to me, right? Like, that does not seem like it would happen in real life. Like, it's only things that happen in movies or, like, some sort of emergency, like, ER show. Have you guys seen those before? Yeah. Don't, don't do that. They're terrible. <laughs> I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, did this really happen? But... Um, a couple of months ago, I actually had to experience that a little bit myself. And if I ever doubted my uh, wife's stories, all my doubts were put to rest. I actually got to ride in an uh, ambulance two months, about two months ago. I was just a passenger, though. Like, I didn't, I wasn't hurt or anything. I had a family member get hurt. And just to save you the details, like, they don't speak English. So my mom calls me screaming, come to the house. And you know, jet over there and like, what's going on? And so I get there, like I'm translating for the police officer. I'm trying to like, what, what's going on? 
Um, my uncle's in the ambulance, and I, I go like near the ambulance. I'm like, y'all need some help translating? They're like, yeah, can actually, can you like get up here? So I get up there, and I start translating for my uncle, and crazy enough, I find none other than Ty Allison. It's Ty here? <laughs> like, dude, like, we talk about this all the time. I'm like, how random was that, right? It's crazy. I actually have a picture of us in the ER. <laughs> hey, I promise I wasn't smiling that hard in the beginning, okay? It was just cool. That was, actually, that was after I had been in the hospital for like, what, how many hours? Like four, five, five hours? He dropped us off and then left and then came back. So we were in there. You can take the picture off. We, we <laughs> my face is way too big in that screen. All right. And so we actually get to the emergency room and they told us like, hey, we don't have any rooms. So they kind of gave us a bed like right in the hallway. And I mean, this is like literally like you, you get off of the ambulance, you walk in and like the first like hall right here, that was our bed. And so I'm in the entrance of where the ambulance are coming in and out. And I was there for like six or seven hours. Now we were, I was translating for my uncle, so I'm like going to x-ray rooms and coming back and then doing other stuff, talking to doctors. But most of the time I'm just standing there. Like they didn't give me a chair, you know. <laughs> my uncle's like laying there. I'm like, can I sit with you? Uh, uh, <laughs> and I'm just standing there, right? Like the, the full, and I'm like, you know, squatting, doing the whole thing. Like I end up sitting on the floor. But anyways, I don't know if you're a pe people watcher. Anybody here people watchers? Yeah, I, I try not to be, but I became one like, hard like that day like I'm sitting there and I'm just looking around you know and I think malls and hospitals are where you get like the most like random group of people together and so I was in there and first of all let me just say again like um first responders like nurses doctors like that's a calling I was looking at around the room first the first thing I noticed is these nurses these doctors are like running around on the floor like taking care of people I see people rolling in every like five, 10 minutes. This, was, this is what happened. This is uh, two, months, two, three months ago, whatever it was, like when it snowed, y'all remember that? Like the first snow in like five years in Georgia, something like that. Um, and so it's, it's memorable, right? <laughs> but so there's like people, I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of car accidents because there's people rolling in like with bloody faces, like um, old men, like a little girl, like five-year-old, like going in with her parents. And I'm like, I see these nurses just taking care of people. And first of all, they have to do it quick. Second of all, they have to do it as nicely as they can, right? Because they're dealing with like hurting humans. Um, and they're like administering things like on the spot. I was like, man, this is crazy. But one, one specific um, instance that really got to me is I'm, I'm standing there next to my uncle. It's been a couple of hours. I'm tired. And I see uh, this big like, I guess, roller or strolling uh, stretcher. Yeah, yeah, I, I blanked out. Um, and they're rolling this guy in, this pretty big guy, and he has this like huge machine over his chest, and it's like humongous, and it's doing some sort of like compressions on, on his chest. What's it called? Lucas. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lucas? Like, like the name? Wow, okay. I don't wanna know that story, how they picked that name. Uh, <laughs> but y'all, like I'm telling you, if that thing was on me, it would've crushed my ribs. Like it was, it was intense looking. If you've ever seen one before, it's scary. And there's a, a room right next to ours, and like they just started calling whatever code they're screaming, and like, like 10, 15 doctors, I might be exaggerating, but it's a lot of people that just run into this room. And I'm like next to us, I'm like trying to like, you know, <laughs> see, see what's going on. And I think a, a nurse like probably saw me, she's just like, you know, just closes the door on me, like you can't see, I'm like, dang it. Um, 
But like, it was obvious, this guy is like, I don't know if he came in like with no pulse, what it was, but man, I started praying just like, I noticed like how much hurt, how much pain there was in there, and just thinking like, Jesus, just help the doctors, like help the nurses, like help that man. Like I don't know what your purpose in, in life is for him, but start praying and stuff, and later I learned that he didn't make it, which is crazy to think like, I just put myself in the shoes of the doctors going like, these guys study, or guys and girls, right, men and women, they, they study for years. I mean, I see my wife just becoming a nurse. It's like four years, and doctors even more, and they're, you know, trying to learn all these things so that they can hopefully help somebody, save somebody's life, and it doesn't always go their way. She's like, how crazy is that? Like, I felt like apologizing to my wife for ever doubting her stories. Like, babe, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, this stuff happens all the time, like, in the medical field, which is crazy. Y'all are hustling, and things don't always go your way. But let me tell you something that happened that day. I, even though, like, I know that that guy passed away, um, I didn't lose faith in doctors. Like, if I was ever in a medical condition or a medical situation where I needed medical assistance, I wouldn't call like a Home Depot manager, right? Like I would probably want a doctor to see me because they're the most capable. They're, the, they're studied for this thing. Like they're, they're trying, like their heart is to help people. And so like, yeah, sometimes things don't go their way, but I didn't lose faith in them. Like I still believe that they can help me, treat me, diagnose me. To some extent, like I still have faith and believe in them. I actually would say I, I'm an admirer. I admire these people who are out there every day hustling, right? They're like saving lives and they're just putting themselves out in the front line and Man, I admire those people. I believe in them. I had faith in them. But what I don't have is this overwhelming sensation of becoming one of them. Like, it's different, right? Like, having faith in a doctor doesn't necessarily mean that I want to become a doctor. Those are two different things, right? And just like that is in our faith, y'all. Like, having faith in Jesus doesn't mean that I'm becoming like Jesus, does that make sense? Like, there's two different things. Having faith that Jesus can help me and heal me and save me and, and treat me. I might even admire Jesus, might worship, like, fall out and say, God, I believe in you. You can do all. I might even have prayed sometime, like, Lord, help me in my test or in my job or in, in this goal I want to achieve. Like, I believe it can help me. But it's one thing is admiring Jesus. Another thing is wanting to become like Jesus, like, Becoming an apprentice, right? Like, I didn't leave that day going, I'm gonna enter medical school and I'm gonna become like, I'm gonna do an internship and become an apprentice and just like do this thing full time. Like, it's obvious, right? Those are, two, those are two different things. And so that's what I wanna talk about today. I wanna talk about today this idea of going from admirer to apprentice, of going from believer to disciple in our faith. Like, does that even matter? And why, why is it that that's even a thing? You know what I mean? So, Y'all ready to dig in a little bit to the Word of God? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I wanna, I wanna read from uh, the book of John. If you would throw it up there on the screen. John 8, um, verses 31 and 36. I just wanna read this to you guys. Write it down somewhere. Take a picture of it. Look it up on your phones. But this is how it starts. This is a story, right? To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, let's just take a pause right there. Who is Jesus talking to? Y'all talk to me. Who is he talking to? That what? Who believed in him, right? So he's not talking to atheists. He's not talking to 
like agnostic people. He's talking to people who like say, I believe in Jesus, right? There are probably a crowd of people that are following him around. They believe he can heal. They believe he can do things for them. And so they're like sitting under his teaching. They're listening to him. They had to make an opinion, a decision. They had to form an opinion about who Jesus was. And they ended up deciding, I think I believe this guy. I'm like, I'm in. What do you have to say, right? So he's talking to Jews who had believed in him. So he's talking to believers. Anybody here a believer? All right. All right. Don't sound too excited because we're going to get into it. <laughs> I'm kidding. The first time I read this, y'all, I was like, yeah, this is like a verse for me. Like the Lord is talking to me. I'm a believer. I, just, I had the same, same, same thing. But look at what it says. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my what? My disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free, right? Um, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. All right, so we established the fact that he's talking to believers admirers, right? I would even put myself in that category. Like, okay, God's talking to me. Jesus is talking to me. But what does he say to them? Like he, I didn't put this entire verse because it was gonna be, it's gonna take us the entire night. But if you guys save this in your phones, like I, I challenge you, go find this in your own time and read the whole chapter. Because this is just the beginning. It, it gets pretty intense after this. Like he's telling them, the truth will set you free. They're like, free? Like we're, we're free already, Jesus. Like they're starting to like get a little bit, you know, like the chest up, like, a little bit like defensive, they get offended, and Jesus is like, hey man, if you sinned before, you're a safe to sin, let me just tell you what. And if you keep reading the verse, it gets pretty intense. They start arguing with Jesus, right? They start getting offended, and to the point where Jesus tells them, hey, you're not even like part of my family. You belong to, to Satan, the father of all lies. He goes that far. And when I read that verse, I was like, whoa, he wasn't talking to me. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I'm not a believer anymore, not this kind. <laughs> but it, it's crazy because what he's telling them is, you're believing in me, but I'm telling you there's more. Can you say this to me? Say, there's more. So look at somebody and say, hey, there's more for you. Right? Listen, he's saying, if you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. And so um, he's basically telling them that they're not disciples. And I don't know if you know this, but Jesus had more than 12 disciples. Anybody knew that before? Like he picked 12 to follow him, but they're like, they were like, I think, who knows the number? Like 120, something like that? I don't remember. It's okay. Sorry, I don't know either. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he's telling them like, you're not my disciples. So when I was reading this first, I was like, wait a second. So I can be a believer and not be a disciple? I can have faith in Jesus, but it doesn't mean that I'm not, that I'm becoming like Jesus. Like those things aren't the same thing. Right? So before we move on into any other part of, the, of, the, of this topic, I just want to briefly define what are we talking about when we, when we say believer and when we say disciple? Because we've got to make those two things clear, right? A believer is someone, I'm going to just read it straight to you, right? Someone who has a strong opinion that something is right or good. Pretty easy, right? Anybody here know someone who has a strong opinion about something? Yeah? How about back in the election year? Like, I mean, still now. Let's not talk about that, right? Like, people have strong opinions about things, man. Like, talk to some, talk to, let a Falcons fan talk to a Saints fan. Just see that conversation. Like, it's not pretty. My boss here at Tulsa is a Saints fan, and I don't, football season, like, we, we don't talk. 
<laughs> but like some people have strong opinions about sports, about um, music, right? About politics. Actually, I don't know if you guys know this about me. I think I told some of you guys, I'm a huge Hillsong nerd. And if you don't know what Hillsong is, Hillsong is this church in Australia, the other side of the world. And back in the 90s, I think, they started making like church music. And early 2000s, they made this band called Hillsong United. Anybody heard of Hillsong United? Yeah. And when they first came out, like, Take It All, like, anybody know Take It All? Jesus, really? Yeah, it's a good song. I remember being like, I don't know, 12, like, you know, jamming out in the youth group. Um, and I, like, would go and turn on my computer, dial up internet. Anybody? No? Okay. And I would, <laughs> I would look up their videos, their interviews. I knew all their names. I knew every song and every album. I knew every lyric. I knew who wrote it. I knew who wrote what, like, who was a part of it. Like, it was intense, y'all. Like, I just loved, like, I was an admirer. A believer, like I, I believe that they could change the world, basically. And to the point where I was 18 or 19, um, I wanted to go be a student at their college in Sydney, Australia. And so, a couple of things, I didn't have a job. I was still not a full US citizen, which meant like, if I ever left the country, my immigration process here would be stalled, and I probably wouldn't ever be able to come back unless I became an Australian citizen, which would have taken years. Um, you know, so I didn't have money. My situation was kind of messed up. And I was like, I want to be uh, part of Hillsong. So I went into the uh, internet. It took me a little bit to load the page, but I did it. Uh, and then I filled out the application. It was $100. I was like, man, I don't have a job. Grab my parents' credit card. Yeah, I know. I filled it out, filled the application. These people called me. They're talking about like housing arrangements over there, like what my situation is. And I'm like, man, they're asking too many questions. I kind of just wanted to, I don't know what my plan was. Like, what was I going to do? Just leave um, without telling my parents. It ended up like they were asking for like church recommendations and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I have to tell my parents. So I like sat down with them and I had this whole speech prepared. Like, dad, mom, you don't understand. I feel called to do this like Hillsong thing. Um, Y'all, when they found out what I did, I don't think as much like the fact that I applied, but that I used their money. Um, they were living. Like, have you ever heard, like, parents yell at you in Spanish? Like, it gets, y'all, it's not pretty. I cried <laughs> just by listening to them. I, didn't, I don't remember what they said. I just, eh. And, um, I mean, I was convinced I'm not going to go to Hillsong. Now, that was what? I don't want to say how many years ago because I won't tell you my age. I'm kidding. It was, like, 10 years ago. And so, like, tell me now to go to Hillsong and become a student there. I'd be like, ah. Uh, I mean, I still admire them. I still believe in them. Like, I still know that they're, they're doing good things, right? But, like, my goals changed. My um, aspirations changed, right? Even, like, with them, like, and I, you probably have heard of people that you admire that are, like, leaders in the church that are, like, preachers or worship leaders. Like, there's a lot of things that happen. Like, man, they're, they're human, like everybody else. And then I started experiencing my admiration shift a little bit from, like, band to band, like, all of a sudden, I was in this Jesus culture hype, and then I was in this, like, you know, I don't know, elevation, mosaic. And because that's the way it is. Like, you can admire somebody, and time passes, and your admiration changes, right? You're, it just does. Like, you're human. Admiration has changed. What doesn't change is when you become an apprentice to somebody. Like, you're committed to that thing, right? Like, how many times has my wife told me she wants to quit, and I'm like, babe, you, it's like, you're the finish line. Like you, you can do this. You can finish this, right? When you're committed to something, you're like, I don't care if my admiration changed. Like, I am invested in this thing, so I'm going to go full out, right? And so 
my admiration as an 18 year old for Hillsong wanted to turn into an apprentice, apprenticeship. I wanted to become a student of Hillsong, but then I ended up not doing it. Um, and I'm sure you guys can relate in some sort of career choice in your life, right? Yes? No? I'm just, okay. So anyways, that's, a, I took so, so long to say that, but believer is, I have a strong opinion. I love something very much. I admire it, something, like, I admire something like highly. A disciple is, I'll read it to you guys, a lifelong learner. Say that with me, say, we can say lifelong. Come on, like you believe it, come on, lifelong. Yeah, lifelong learner, an apprentice, a student whose thoughts are accompanied by endeavor. You hear that? Y'all, listen to, listen to this uh, quote from J. Oswald Sanders. It says, a disciple is one who learns of Christ with the purpose of obeying what he or she learns. There's a reason for my learning. There's a reason for my approach to Jesus. When I'm a disciple, I don't just learn about Jesus to fill my head with knowledge, right? Like, I think I've, be I've been that person before. You've probably met somebody before that just knows a lot about the Bible, but their life doesn't really, like, match the, what the like, scriptures say. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I've been there before, but a disciple is one who learns of Christ with the purpose. Like, that's the only intention is to apply, right, obey what he or she learns. So there's a big difference here between having faith in Jesus and becoming an apprentice or becoming like Jesus. Those are two different things. Okay, so now that we know those are two different things, right? Having faith in Jesus doesn't mean I'm becoming like Jesus. We got that clear. Okay, so like unpack that for me, right? Like how does that apply to my life? Like why does that even matter? Why does it matter that I become a disciple? Like I don't know about you, but I love being an admirer. Like when I... Like, when I admire Hillsong, I would talk to everybody about Hillsong. When I admire, like, y'all, up until a couple years ago, I was a huge Falcons fan. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, don't ask me about today. My heart has changed. <laughs> no, I still love Atlanta. I still love Atlanta. But, like, when you're an admirer, you know what I mean? Like, you talk about it. You, like, look them up. You, like, you're excited about it. Same thing with, like, sometimes with church, right? Like, we can be so excited about church, a new song, a new teaching. We can get so, like, we, we admire Jesus and we have this thing, this relationship with him. Right, but it doesn't mean that I'm becoming like him. So that's, I think, the, the missing point. It's where do we draw the line in becoming an admirer and a disciple of Jesus? What does discipleship mean? If you've probably heard the word discipleship before, it sounds like a very churchy word, you know what I mean? And it also sounds a little bit like master and student, like, oh, I'm gonna submit to like some sort of rabbi and like wear a robe and I don't know, like shave my head and go to some mountain, right? Like <laughs> But that's not what discipleship is about. What did we say it was about? It was about learning and obeying what you learn, right? And so, I think this is the main reason. I don't want you to miss this, y'all. The main reason why Jesus went so far as to offend people in this passage. He risked offending people to drive home a point. It means it's important to him, right? He wants us to learn something. So what is it? This is what I believe he's trying to tell us. God's plan for personal transformation is discipleship. Like, get that in your heads. God's plan for personal transformation is discipleship. Let's go back to that, John 8, 31, that very first uh, Bible verse. Just the top one. To the Jews who have believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold my to my teaching, you are really my disciples. I think this is what's actually happening here, right? He's, again, 
talking to a group of people who are admirers, who are from the, like they're outside looking in, and he's calling them to be insiders. He's calling them to have a relationship with Jesus. He's like, hey, you're out there admiring me, you're following me around, you're talking to people, hyping me up, but I want you to do something else. I want you to, there's more for you. I want you to come in and be one of my disciples. I want you to like hear from me, hear my instruction, like listen to my teaching, right? And so I think, I don't know, if I was in Jesus' shoes, I'd be like tired of being treated like, imagine being Jesus and just being followed around for like just people like getting stuff from you. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever thought about like what a celebrity's lifestyle is like? Imagine like, you know, have you ever seen like a celebrity like get mad and just like punch somebody in the face? Like, or like kick a camera or something like, stop following me around, right? I don't, Jesus is the most patient guy, y'all, because people were like literally always around him, like heal me, do this, do that. And he's like, just trying to love them. It's like, hey, y'all, there's more. There's more for you. Like, don't just come to me because you need something, right? Don't just go around saying, oh, look at what God did for me. Like, that's great. Love it. But there's more for you. Because he, Jesus wants more than your recognition of him. He wants your relationship with him. He doesn't just want you to recognize that he can do stuff. He wants to enter into this relationship with you. And I think that's what discipleship is about. He's calling you from admirer to apprentice. And so, why do I say it's God's plan for personal transformation? Man, I don't know if there are things in your life that you wish would desperately change. I think this is for somebody in the room today. Like, if you've ever tried to get out of addiction or an emotional cycle of happiness, depression, happiness, depression, or anxiety, or if there's a struggle in your life, that just seems to come back over and over again. Some sort of habit you can't break. And you get mad at yourself. Man, why do I struggle with this? Like, why is this such a big deal for me? Like, why? So-and-so doesn't struggle with that. So-and-so is like, look at them, how they're living. Like, I have this, like, internal struggle with sin or with habits or whatever it is. Like, I think we all long, if we're just honest with ourselves, we all long for personal transformation, right? Like, we want to be changed. And when we come to Jesus and we see, first of all, like, all of our sin we see all of our failures, all of our mistakes, and we see how perfect, how flawless, how amazing Jesus is that he will still love me and accept me and call me in and then tell me, hey, you can learn from me. Come in. Like, I want to teach you how to become like me. Like, when you see that, if you haven't seen that, by the way, if you're not a believer, because a believer, like, it's not a bad thing to be a believer. Like, that's the first step. So when you all said amen, I just joked around like, oh, don't be too excited. No, I'm, it's a good thing. Like, I want to be a believer, but God is calling you for more, right? And so if you're not a believer, then let me tell you what I told you earlier. Like, we're in love with Jesus because he can change us. He can transform us. Like, he changes everything, right? And he can change your life if you submit to him. But listen, I think if you've been in a place where you have been trying and trying and trying to become like Jesus, and you just can't on your own strength, it might be a sign, just might be a sign, that you're an admirer, not an apprentice. It might be a sign that you're a little bit far away, a little far off, a little on the outside, and he's invited you to come in. Because you don't believe your way into transformation. You don't believe your way into life change, right? Let me say it this way. I don't believe my way into being fit, right? Like, oh, man, I just, I'm going to believe today that I have a six-pack. Like, I'm going to believe right now 
that I'm not just this bodybuilder. I have faith. Yo, you can do it, right? I still have to put in the work, right? I still have to like become, like I have to find a personal trainer. Like, hey, will you teach me how to do this thing? All right, cool, let's do it. And I have this relationship with somebody that can teach me how to follow these steps and become what I believe I can become. I don't believe I can do it. <laughs> but does that make sense? And so, listen, I just think that like, if you don't get that, then like the rest of the teaching is like pointless. Because I, I just think we need to understand that like if I want change, like if you've ever sat on your knees, like, like get on your knees and say, God, why, why am I like this? Like why, why can't things be different? Like I believe in you. I go to church. I go to small group. I, I read the Bible maybe. Like, I, don't, I, like, I listen to worship music, you know, right after I listen to something else, <laughs> Chance the Rapper or something. Like, you know, I put in worship music right before I come to church, right? Like, I, I come in here, I sing, like, I lift my hands or I, like, sway side to side. <laughs> you know, like, I do, I do this stuff. Like, I want to I, I wanna be in, but, like, there's this thing, like, why? Is, is it just, it's just like, you're, is it, are you fake? Like, can you really just not change people? I don't think that's, that's, that's the case, right? Like, he can change people, so why isn't it happening? Like, why can't I see, like, lifelong, lasting transformation in my life? I think it's the answer to discipleship. And so I just want to leave you with three things today. I want you to write them down, like, talk to somebody about it, right? How do I become a disciple? Like, okay, Yona, you're, I, I'm in. I want, to go, I want to go for more than just believing. I want life transformation. I want to change. I want to become I want to study the character of Jesus and, and learn from him, right? I want to become like Jesus, not just have faith in him. How do I do that? Okay, I'm going to give you three statements, right? First one, disciples do this. They make Jesus their only truth. This is a big one, y'all. You got to make Jesus your only truth. I think in this culture, we're used to like picking and choosing our truths. Like, oh, I'll take a little bit from Buddhism, a little bit for from Instagram quotes, a little bit from like, <laughs> like, you know, oh, that quote looks really good. Like, worry about yourself. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take that, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Like, you all repost it sometimes. I've done it too. But like, if I make Jesus my only truth, it means that as a, as a, as a disciple, I'm deciding nothing else matters but what's in the word of God. And if you're going to give me advice, I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you're a leader. I don't care if you're my best friend, my mom. If you have like good intentions for me. If it's not based in the truth of God, it's worthless. I'm sorry to be so blunt. It's worthless. Like, I want to go back and say, like, if, if you're telling me to do something and it's against, it goes against the word of God, I'm not going to be like, oh, you know what? You, you know how it is. When you, like, want advice and you go to that one person who will give you the advice you want, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know who I'm talking to. Like, man, should I go to this place? Should I date this girl? Should I date, you know, should I date, bro, you should, bro. Sometimes we, sometimes we already know the answer, but we want someone to tell us otherwise, right? We want to like hear what we want to hear. But Jesus is telling you, if you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciple, right? My teaching. If he says, if you hold to my teaching, then you'll be my disciples. And then, what happens then? You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Like there's freedom in discipleship, when you decide to make Jesus your only truth. And I think this is what happened, y'all. This is what happens. I think when in discipleship, you trade what you think is right for you for what God knows is right for you. You know what I mean? Like, there's things in your life that you think are the right way, and you have friends even telling you, yeah, go, go, right? 
But when you come to Jesus and you say, gosh, this is the truth of God, and you, like, you submit to it, and you make him your only truth, and you say, well, if God is telling me this thing, and that must be the way, the Bible says that there's ways to humanity that seem good, seem right, but the end is destruction. So if something seems good to you, that's not bad. Go and check it out in the word of God and see if, it's, if it aligns to the truth, right? All right, next one. Make the cross your only way. It's a second sign that you're a disciple. What do I mean by this, right? Um, I want to throw up here, actually, before I do that, um, I think, no, you know what, let's, let's go to the verse. Sorry, I'm like rambling in my own mind. All right, Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, so now he's talking to who? To his disciples, right? Okay. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You can leave that up there for a little bit. I want you to like soak in that a little bit, right? Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross, right? Not only do you make Jesus your only truth, you make the cross your only way. What does that mean? It means, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to deny myself my own sinful desires. Like there's a cost to discipleship. I, I think Heather has said it before. Somebody has said it before here. It's like, you know, we're okay leaving sin that like we don't struggle with, but we like keep the sin that we like in our lives. We hide it, right? We're like, you know, I'm not telling anybody about this. But being a disciple of Jesus is gonna cost you something. Denying yourself, taking up your cross and following him daily. Like, that means it's gonna cost me something. So listen to me. Going back to the same thing with a trainer, right? Just imagine this, right? Like, I believe, I, I get a personal trainer and I'm like, yeah, man, I want you to train me, bro. <laughs> and he's out there training me. And uh, I'm in the gym and I get there. Like, I believe he's my only truth. Like, I've, I've shut out Google or my other like buddies that work out, I'm like, no bro, I'm not gonna listen to you. Like, I'm choosing one truth, man. And I go into the gym and I don't do the work. Like I just sit there. And I'm like, you do it. I'll, I'll, I'll learn from you, like by just watching you. <laughs> like it's not gonna work, right? Like it's common sense, you know what I mean? But this, the thing is like, man, gosh, this is awesome, but I, like, I'm running out of time a little bit. Um, I'm gonna tell you a story real quick. I'm jumping, I'm jumping into this. I heard about a king once, um, I think this is fiction, but it really caught my attention. There's a king that was trying to figure out like a way to put all of the world's wisdom into like one place. So he calls his like seers and his prophets and his scientists and you know, all these people, wisdom, prophets. Hey, I want you guys to like, I have a project for you, go and find all the wisdom you can in the world and like bring it to me. I want it in my hands. They go, right? Six months, eight months, a year. They show up. It's a huge book. Just quotes and wisdom and like just a bunch of like amazing, <laughs> amazing like imagery. And he's like, hey man, this is great job, but like I, I, I don't like reading. So I want, you, I want you to like summarize it for me. Like give me one page. They're like, what? One page? We can't do that. They're like, you know what? It's his king. Like, or either that or death. So like they go out again. And they put their heads together like, man, I want to, like, how do, how do we get this on one page? And they're going for it, going for it, going for it. And eventually they get it down to one page. And they're like trembling. <laughs> Bring it to the king. He reads it, you know, skims over it. It's like, oh, man, I just really don't like reading. Like, this is just too much. Like, I want one sentence. 
all the wisdom in the world. Give it to me one sentence. And they're like, okay, this is, he wants, he wants to kill us. <laughs> but they go out and they do it. And they go and put their heads together. They work at it. And they bring out one sentence. <clears throat> and he reads it. Everything has a cost. Hmm. That's crazy. He said, I like that. Now, I don't know if that's all the wisdom in the world. I doubt it. Right? I don't think that's, I have to go back to my truth, right? See if that's. But if I see Jesus, I'm like, it cost him everything to get to you. He paid the price. And everything in your life has a cost. And you're making choices every day. Just ask yourself, what are my choices costing me? Right? What am I doing now that I'll have to pay for it later? You know what I mean? I can't complain about the things that I choose. I got into debt really early in my life, and I'm still paying for it. I went to Disney, though, or the beach or whatever, and it was fun. But now I'm, like, sacrificing family time. So I'm my wife because we have to work to pay for it. I have to pay for it later. Everything has a cost. Everything has a cost. Like, write it down somewhere, man. Like, everything has a cost. So I have to do the work. My personal trainer says, hey, lift those weights. I have to lift those weights. I won't see results if I don't do the work. It's any relationship. I'm not telling you, like, oh, you have to, like, do all this stuff to be a Christian and, like, like, do this list of things. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, hey, man, if you love Jesus, want to become like him, wouldn't you want to do the things he's asking you to do? Like, wouldn't you, if you actually believe that he has the answers and he says lift this much weight, you're not going to do it. Like, ah, you know what? Like, I don't know if I want to do that today, you know? Like, if he says, hey, man, listen, or, or girl, <laughs> listen to my word. Like, get, hold to my teaching. You're like, I'm good. Like, we can't later say, God, why are you not changing me? Like, why am I still the same way? Why do I struggle with the same stuff? I'm like, bro, I've been telling you to do this thing, and you're not. So anyways, I think, I think you guys get that. Make Jesus your only truth. What's the second one? Make the cross your only way. And last one, no, we'll be done. Um, make his glory your only motivation. That's what a disciple does. And I think sometimes we want to change, and let's just be honest right now, we want to become a good Christian so that we're admired by other people. Like, hey, I've got, I've got my stuff together. I can teach you some stuff. <laughs> I know some about the Bible. Like, I, I attend C12 every single week. I haven't missed one time. What about COVID? No, oh, it doesn't count. <laughs> you know? Like, disciples make his glory their only motivation. Look at this verse in John 15. Seven through eight it says, "If you remain in me, and I in you, and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified when you produce much fruit, and in this way, prove that you are my disciples." So I think God still wants you to ask whatever you want, dream big, have goals, right? But what's the what's the phrase before that? If you remain in me, right, and my words remain in you, same thing in different words. It's your only truth, the cross is your only way. You're remaining in him, right? Then you ask for whatever you want. And then what happens? My father is glorified. That's Jesus' whole intention. He wants to glorify the father. Like read through the scripture and you find, I'm doing this for my father's glory, you know? Um, his motivation is to bring glory to his father, not to himself. Like I want to do everything in my life to glorify Jesus and not be admired for the things I do, but for the things that he's doing through me. Like can you believe that? If, you, if somebody knows you, and has seen life transformation in your life, you can always point back to Jesus and say, hey, listen, like I tried for a long time to change my life, 
by myself. Even if I attended church for 10 years straight, there are still things that I was holding on to in my life, still sin, and listen to me, like, I'm changed now because I became a disciple. I wanted to be more than an admirer, and I became a disciple of Jesus. I made his truth my only truth. I made the cross um, my only way, and now I can tell you it's not because of anything I did, but it's because of the grace of Jesus working in me and through me that I can tell you right now it's possible. It's possible to live in purity. It's possible to have a, a life filled with prayer, passion for Jesus. It's possible to have passion for the lost. Listen, the fruit of the Spirit is where it's at. That's the goal, right? It says when you produce much fruit, and many people think they're he's talking about salvation and like bringing souls to, to Jesus, and I believe that. But also like we have to redefine success. Like what's producing much fruit? It's I want to produce fruit of the Spirit in my life. And when I become a disciple, all of a sudden, I don't, I don't just act patient, like I am patient. Like when I become a disciple, I'm, not, I'm no longer like trying to act loving to people, but I actually like start loving people genuinely. I'm like, man, like this is what it feels like to like love others, right? All of a sudden, I'm just like, oh, I have to serve people. Like that's what Christians do. Like I'll hold the door for you, lady, <laughs> or something else, I don't know, you know? Like all of a sudden, you're like, I want, I'm looking for ways to serve. Like how can I serve people? How can I serve my siblings? How can I serve my mom? How can I serve my friend, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my people in church? Like, how can I serve somebody around me, right? Instead of like being at work going like, man, what's my shift over now? Like, I'm so done with this. And then going like, you know what? I wanna live for God's glory. And I want his fruit to be shown in my life to glorify my Father. And the fruit of the Spirit is joy, love, kindness, patience, self-control. Anybody? I'll take some of that, right? I can't believe my way into that. I have to learn, submit to God's instruction. So really practical way, um, and the band can go ahead and come up. Um, I wanna talk a little bit about like, what, is it, what does it look like in my life to become a disciple? Because you, you're telling me like really nice things and stuff like that, but like how can I actually, like I'm interested, I want life change. I wanna become a, a, an apprentice of Jesus. I wanna study his character, become like him, right? So what am I gonna do? I'll tell you a story real quick, like, God can, the reason I'm talking to you guys about this is because, like, I've been in ministry for a long time, y'all. Like, I've been a Christian since I was, I was born into a Christian family. And I was still struggling with things internally, like, doubt and insecurities and depression, and just things that I'm like, I've been a Christian for a long, why am I dealing with this stuff? I don't want to share with anybody, I'm in ministry, like, ugh, who's talking to me, you know? And I'm supposed to have their stuff figured out. But... The Lord arrested me and said, hey, man, you're probably, like, just an admirer. Like, you admire me. You do church really well. You worship and sing really well. And I'm, I'm proud of you for that. But I want you to be more than that. I want you to be an apprentice, a committed, lifelong kingdom learner. You know what I noticed? Like, I was asking God to bless my plans, throwing a fit when things didn't go my way. I had dreams and things I wanted to achieve, and I was like, God, you close that door, why? You know? Like, I saw God as like my servant. Like, he's supposed to like please me somehow. I was an admirer, trying to take stuff from Jesus. And I wasn't okay with that. It's like, man, I'm sorry, Lord. And if, if, you're, if you're in that place and that doesn't convict you, man, we need to do some soul searching today. It's like, Lord, am I that person? Am I just an admirer? Am I just wanting things from you to bless my plans? No, Lord, I wanna, I wanna make your truth my only truth. Lord, I wanna make the cross my only way. Like everything that I do, just to serve others, to be like you, be humble. 
God, I want to glorify you. Like, I want to trade what I think is right for me for what I know, God, for what God knows is right for me. Like, the word of God says that the will of the Father is pleasing, good, and perfect. So sometimes there, there are things, plans that I have in my life that I'm like, oh, if you don't bless them, I'm like, ugh, I thought you were a good God. God's like, no, man, like, if you would have followed that, you would have been lost. I, I want you to, like, tune your ears to, to my words. What am I saying to you? Like, follow my will. I promise you, you won't be miserable. I won't put you in things that aren't pleasing. Like, I designed you for a purpose, right? Like, a fish can look in a tank and look around and be like, man, I want to be out there in the world. Like, I want to go outside. I want to go, like, like go to the bathroom <laughs> like humans do. Like, I want to, like, eat a burger. Like, that's freedom, right? But then what happens is you take the fish out of the water. It won't last for more than, I don't know, who knows, five minutes, maybe less. Never tried it. I'm not that cruel. <laughs> if you have, man, we, we have prayer partners up here. I'm kidding. Um, but like the fish might think that's freedom. But Jesus didn't design the fish to breathe like oxygen that way, right? He built them, like if you put them in the ocean, then maybe, right? Like I think we're the same way sometimes. Like I think we, we think we know what's right for our lives. And we, we're asking to be taken out of the bowl. And Jesus is like, you don't understand. I didn't design you for that. I have a whole different plan for you. You think that's going to bring you life and happiness. And it's not. Learn from me. And you'll find rest for your soul, scripture says. So, I, uh, when I was convicted by this, I, sorry, I'm still talking. But I was praying. I was like, God, I want someone in my life who can disciple me. Like, I've done the church thing, but I have, like, intentionally stayed away from people. Like, I don't want people to, like, get to know me really well. Like, not, not really, you know? And I was like, you know what? I, I got to break that wall. If I want, like, if I, you know the definition of insanity? Anybody? Have you heard it before? Like, try the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result each time. Like, that's insanity. And I was doing that. And, and we live like that for admirers. I was like, I don't want to do the church thing the, way, the same way I've been doing it over and over. And just, if I try harder. I'll change. Like, no, I got I to gotta break something here. So I started praying. I was like, God, would you send someone in my life? And listen, God, guys, it got bold. Because this is how, like, intimidated I was by this. I was like, Lord, I don't want to ask someone to disciple me. I want you to, like, tell them. <laughs> tell them to dis that, that they should disciple me and have them ask me. Like, how arrogant is that? <laughs> but in God's kindness, he did that. Listen, not a week. I'm not kidding you. I won't. I'm not lying to you. Not a week later went by, and I'm sitting, having coffee with this guy, and I'm like, you know, he's gonna ask me, he's gonna ask me, hey man, I don't know this might sound weird, but like, I just had this like urge to tell you, like, I, I wanna do a discipleship group, and I feel like the Lord put your name in my heart, and I just wanna, like, I wanna invite you to be a part of it. Y'all, my mouth just like dropped. Like, he literally invited me to be in his discipleship group. And I'm in this thing now with like four or five guys. We meet regularly and we just talk life. And it's not this, again, it's not this weird like my master and my like, like we go to this mountain and get some robe on and like incense. No, it's just, it's just a spiritual friendship. It's just like relationship. And I'm honest and I'm open, right? And God's not gonna change me if I don't open up. And I don't want to open up like the whole church. I don't, want, I don't think God wants to like go shouting your sins. This is what I did today. You know, like, but if you find a spiritual friendship, someone who you look up to, maybe a peer, 
someone who can challenge you, who cares about you. And you can both, like, we're, we're both learning from Jesus, right? There's somebody in my life that intentionally and consistently, let me say that again, intentionally and consistently is holding me accountable to see if I'm holding Jesus as my only truth, if I'm serving like he serves, if I'm, if my motivations are right, you know what I mean? It can look good on the outside. So, hey, like, what's your heart like? Like, why are you doing these things, really? You know what I mean? And so, go ahead and stand with us. Um, I want us to take this, this time of worship and my challenge to you is this. My challenge to you. Pray. And ask God to reveal to you who that person is in your life that needs to be your spiritual friend, quote unquote. Who you can, somebody's ahead of you maybe a few years along the road, maybe a pastor or a leader, somebody else, that you can say, hey, will you take some intentional time, meet with me, hold me accountable. Like, I was telling somebody today, this week, like, we all have friends in our lives. Like, we have the, that one friend we call to hang out. Hey, let's watch a movie. We have that friend who we call that has a truck. <laughs> you know, when we need a truck. Um, we have that friend um, who is smarter than us in some things. We just call them for, for help. And, and, like, we all have different kinds of friendships. We have that friend that, like, is a lifelong friend that grew up together. Like, man, I haven't seen you in five years, but when we get together, it feels like it's been no time, right? But do you have a spiritual, like, an intentional spiritual friendship? Like, do you have somebody who knows your stuff, you know? And if you're in a small group, that's the best place to start. Look for somebody and don't make it weird, right? Like, will you disciple me? Oh, <laughs> right? But it has, to be, it has to be known. It has to be known because what happens is you can start saying, oh, I'm gonna learn from that person. I like how they live their spiritual life. I wanna learn from them. And then the moment that you get some sort of like down emotionally and you're like, oh, I'm done with this. And you, you run away. That person never found out. They can't hold you accountable because you're not in a relationship with them. You have to be like, hey, calling you up. I want to meet frequently. I want to talk about the word. Hold me accountable to my spiritual walk with God. I want to be more than an admirer. I want to be an apprentice of Jesus. And I want you to hold me accountable to that. Maybe a couple more people join in. I don't know. And then maybe down the line, God, choose somebody who you can walk alongside and help them. Not in an arrogant way, like, oh, I'm going to teach you some spiritual stuff. But like in a, in a loving way, like Jesus, right? Say, hey, I've learned some stuff. Like I was there where you were five years ago. Let me show you what somebody told me that I can then relate to you. Like, it's all based on the word of God. So we're gonna sing the song again, uh, Graves. Yes? Um, look, this song, y'all can come up. This song says, there's nothing better than you. Like, if you sing that today, sing it with that mentality of like, listen, Jesus, I choose no one else but your truth. I believe no one else can change but you. So let's pray real quick. God, we love you. Would you just tell him that right now? Say, Jesus, I love you. I love you, Jesus. God, with Holy Spirit, work in my heart right now. Speak to me. Reveal to me what my, my motivations are. Why am I here tonight? Do I just want things from you or do I want to become like you? God, have I been living the life of an admirer or am I an apprentice? God, when I sing this song, I don't want it just to be words. Would you speak to me clearly, Lord, and convict me, Lord, to then go out of here and have an action have somebody walk alongside of me, Lord, and help me walk 
and live and think and be like Jesus. I'm done with the church thing. I'm done with the attending, just attending thing. Lord, I wanna, I know there's more for me. And the answer is you. The answer is Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. I hope that you were able to understand what spiritual friendships look like and that you understand the importance of having discipleship in your life and pursuing to be a disciple of Christ. That was such a good message from Yoda and definitely very grateful for his wisdom. Next week, we'll be having something special from Heather and Andy Brightville, and it's definitely going to be a great message. You definitely want to be there for that. If you are encouraged and guided by today's message, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram so that you can kind of keep up with what we're doing at C12 Stone. Hope to have you join us next week.